Hi everybody and you're listening to Now Is Your Time and this is our podcast today with Cheryl and Donna. I'm Donna um, and this is our life lessons with and today we are with the, the beautiful and incredible and amazingly talented Jules White um, and I met Jules a few months ago now. It was a good few months ago actually wasn't it Jules? About four months ago I think and we started speaking um, over one of Jules LinkedIn posts that I saw which is really inspiring and I read a profile and I was like oh do I contact her? do I not contact she looks amazing she might not want to speak to me but I was brave and I reached out and we've become great friends since then and when Jules told me her story I shared it with Cheryl and we just knew that for one of our first podcasts we just had to get Jules on board for her to yeah. share her with you so welcome Jules thank you very much and I am so happy to be on your podcast it's amazing and I'm really happy you reached out that day you know uh -huh. this is what it's all about it's about the human conversation isn't it absolutely it's about collaboration and for anybody who is interested also I've done a podcast with Jules on her podcast shows and um, which are called the human conversations and they're out there on iTunes so please look for them search for them because there's some incredible conversations not just mine there are others as well they're really <laughs> um, so please feel free to listen to them as well Jules and I would love for you to do that so Jules over to you really it was it was if you've, you've had like literally about five lives in one which I found incredible when we first met um so just tell the guys a little bit about yourself gosh and the thing is where do you want me to start you know do I start I just on the dragon's den maybe yeah maybe it's really interesting when people ask you you think right where do I start this do I start this where I left school at 16 you know all fresh and ready to earn money um but I guess dragon's den's a fairly good place to start I mean from school I I just worked from just turned 16 I went into NatWest Bank mm. so I was all about earning money getting a pay packet and and you know building a career really that was where I started um, but when you fast forward to kind of the time when Dragon's Den happened, I was probably, what, 35 years old. So we're on quite a few years now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'd not long had my little boy, Sam. So Sam is now, just to put this in perspective, Sam is 14 on New Year's Day. Oh, wow. which is amazing. I can't <laughs> even tell you where the time's gone. But I just had Sam. And so in the March of that same year, I turned around to my, he's my ex-husband now, my husband at the time. And I said, I don't want to come back and work for you because I've been working in his business. I, I think I just want to spend time with Sam. I love being a mum, but I want to do something to do with babies. I knew I had to still work. You know, I was really driven. Yeah. So um, I said, I did Anne Summers years ago when I was in my 20s. So I knew that whole party plan model. And I thought, I bet there's somebody out there who sells baby products via home parties. Because that just made sense to me. Mum's always meeting for coffee and the likes. Yeah. Nobody was doing it. So, of course, what you do when you've got a three-month-old baby and no one's doing the idea you've just thought about is <laughs> start a business. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I, in a crazy moment, started this business called Truly Madly Baby. And that was party plans selling really great mother and baby products that weren't on the high street. I looked for like quirky quality things and, and then creating a network of mums just like me who actually still wanted to be mum but wanted to go out and earn some money and have their own business. I thought, oh, this is a great idea. So of course, on from there, I carried on 
and um, set it all up in the March. And then by May, I'm sat on my computer one morning in my dressing gown and I see an advert. We're looking for content contestants for Dragon's Den. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> me being me, I thought, well, I watched that the first time round. It was really good because this was only the second series. I thought they, these poor business people squirming in front of these five wealthy dragons. I thought, uh-huh. I'll apply. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, I'll apply. Yeah, I'll apply. But I think it was more that I actually thought it was a bit of a joke, in all honesty. I never thought I would be contacted. And by nine o'clock of the morning, I was sat there sort of applying the BBC were on the phone and within two weeks I, I was stood in front of the dragons. Wow. Truly madly baby um, to these uh, five wealthy dragons. Wow. And how old was the baby then? So that was, we filmed in the May of the year Sam was born. So he was five months old. Wow. So from, from the initial idea in the March to the May, I'd already recruited six ladies be out doing parties and they were all over one was Scotland one was Cornwall I thought oh this is great because we've got a spread here and these yeah. were all now recruit because I knew the model but the, the other thing to say is that this was pre-Facebook days this was mm. pre-social media so where do you go online you know to recruit people and, and I was in forums like Mumsnet and Net Mums and places like that Mm-hmm. Just saying, oh, I had a great idea. This is what I'm doing. Do you want to do it? You know, it was so naive when I think back. And yet by the May, I'd got six consultants out delivering Truly Madly Baby parties. Wow. Um, and, and the thing is, on the, on, in the dead, if you ever find the clip, which it's really hard to find, thank goodness, um, you will see 14 minutes of my two and a half hour pitch. And wow, I think that's how long it was, two and a half hours. Yeah, that's the other side of it, is that how long you're actually in there. It's, it's a real long time. And they pick the kind of, not the best bits, but the best TV bits, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. But nevertheless, the upshot of Dragon's Den was that I had Theopophetis, who was the new dragon on the block, and Peter Jones, both pitching to invest in my business, which was just phenomenal. Yeah. I, was, I was really overwhelmed. Um, and I went with Peter on the show, shook hands, got put in the back of a taxi, went home. And not until the September did I hear from them with a contract, which was just not great. My solicitor yeah. begged me not to sign, so I didn't. Um, from there, the show was actually shown on the TV in November. So you imagine all this big gap. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm having to still organically run this business, not really knowing what I was doing. And November, the show aired, and that evening we had two and a half thousand emails. Wow. Wow. And, yeah. It was like, duh, 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 you know, and, I, and it was all sorts from, will you sell my products? Can I work for you? And can I invest in you? Wow. Um, and so obviously from there, I decided, because I'd already said I wouldn't do the deal with Peter, I decided to take on one of these investors. And it was somebody I knew. I'd played hockey with her. She was a mum and she was a financial director. So I kind of thought she was a good bet to yeah. take on as a business partner. Um, so again, I'm going to go forward another three years. If you're still all right with me talking, I hope yeah. everybody's got their yeah. cups of tea. Um, Do you know what I think one of the great things about that experience of the Dragon's Den was your attitude going into it, which I think, had you, had you swethered too long about whether or not to do the business and really overthought it and thought, well, how am I going to, you know, and kind of gone into analysis paralysis, truly madly baby might never have happened. But it was almost like you had the idea, you were home with the Ben anyway, you and Sam, 
it's just like boom let's go and do it wasn't it it's yeah I think that in itself is such a great lesson about don't overthink everything yeah I I think that's that's such a good point and and I think the other thing is you keep it simple but also you absolutely trust your instinct because we very often you know we'll have this instinctive thought let's go and do this or let's do it like this and then we will because we take too long we will then convince ourselves that it's no longer a good thought yeah. and actually we shouldn't do it and it's yeah. too high risk and of course us girls we know that's our fear kicking in yeah. and yeah. in our ear um, and yeah. so i think it is very much about if you really feel like something feels good and it feels right then just try it mm-hmm. because often what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, yeah. it was actually quite low risk to start truly madly baby in the very beginning mm-hmm. because there wasn't that much outlay. Mm-hmm. I, I beautifully sold my wares to my suppliers um, who all wanted minimum orders, which I cut in half, who all wanted credit terms, which I cut in half because I, because I was genuine and I was honest and I told them what I wanted to do and they supported me. Yeah. So, you know, no such word as can't, as you girls have also heard me say. So, um, year three of running Truly Madly Baby, we were flying. We had 432 consultants across the UK, from the Shetland Islands down to Guernsey and Jersey. We had uh, Northern Irish ladies selling our wares. We had inquiries from America, Australia and Europe to take Truly Madly Baby Global. Now, wow. were, were you like Demi Moore rolling around in £50 notes at this point in time? Or was it all no. just being reinvested, reinvested? No, yeah, it was reinvestment absolutely all the way. The, the issue I had is that the reinvestment was not in necessarily the right things, not in the right places. My reinvestment was very much about the customer. So new product ranges, um, new catalogs, the next, the next level of products, um, yeah. equipping the consultants, training them, making sure they had the best. All the while, the whole foundation of the business was not in place and was not stable. So the stock systems, they weren't there. They didn't support us for the stock we were turning. Mm-hmm. The staff, now I was working 20 hours a day. So mm. those things where you need to really invest at the, at the very first start of a business, that foundation stuff, that wasn't there. And, and my business partner, in essence, as an FD, should have helped me to put some of those mm. things there, really. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, she didn't. She, she didn't really support as, as I think she could have done. Um, uh, anyway, year three, we're, we're doing all these wonderful things and we're in profit. You know, so we've turned over a million we're in profit and we've got all of these consultants and global inquiries. So on the, on the face of it, you think mm-hmm. this is a massive success. This mm-hmm. is wonderful. I wasn't taking anywhere near a big salary. I was taking a very minimal amount and being supported by my husband salary wise um, mm-hmm. because I wouldn't take it out. I wanted to continue to grow. Um, but we came to a point where we actually couldn't cope with the amount of business we had. We mm-hmm. just couldn't do it. We needed more. So I went back to the business partner and I asked the situation and she said, well, I'll give you whatever you need. It's uncapped, but I want 75% of your business. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's at that point where I kind of had to take this really deep breath. I was absolutely exhausted. I had a baby. I'd completely missed all of his childhood really. And you know, the baby times because the whole point of me starting it had gone out the window. 
And um, I was tired. I was really, really tired. And, yeah. But I was not prepared to just give everything up um, in, that, in that situation. I just wasn't. I knew it wasn't right. So I sought for somebody to come and buy her out, really. That was my idea. But I ran out of time. And sadly, she closed down the business, put it into administration. She bought it back and she opened it back up the next day and uh, continued to run it. And, I, and, I, and it left me with nothing because mm. I had to exit. Uh, but equally, I had uh, personal guarantees on the business and I had to go bankrupt. So, um, yeah, my, my, that was my kind of pit moment, I guess, when you think about mm. our journeys through life, uh, mm. where everything was starting to go horribly wrong after working so hard. So, um, so yeah, and then that's, uh, what, what followed that was I became pregnant with my second baby, which should have been my light at the end of the tunnel, but I had a miscarriage. I then found out my mom had breast cancer. I then had my marriage fail. Um, hubby walked out, various mm. reasons. Um, and then I had to go and get a job. Mm. I had to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, just talk to us about that. This, like, what, what's emotionally, physically, mentally, like, where are you at at this point in your life then? Because you just, you've worked, I mean, and I can't imagine what it's like handing over something that literally blood, sweat and tears of 20 hours a day has gone into. And like you said, the, the, the really crucifying thing is you've done that because you're at home with Sam to spend more time with Sam. Yeah. And the, the sting is that you've probably spent less time than you would have had you had a job where yeah. you could have fucked off at four o'clock or five o'clock and come home and spend time with them and then and then it's effectively taken away from you because it certainly wasn't done of your own free will or free choice was it it's not what you, it's not it's not the outcome that you were wanting so yeah and uh, you know there's a lot of um there's a lot of emotions attached to that isn't there Donna when you think you know there's um there's the lack of control the loss of control you know that's a really big oh. thing when we feel like we're just out of control of it and we can't do anything about it mm -hmm. and there's also things like um I was grieving uh, it was a huge grieving process for me because I started Truly Madly Baby because of Sam, who was my son and the love of my life. Mm. So when you look at those things, it was far more emotional attachment than anything. It, it didn't even matter about the amount of time I'd spent and the hours and the money I'd invested. It was yeah. more about the fact that she'd taken away my baby. Um, yeah. And so there was a grie the grieving process without a doubt. Mm. And then on top of that, losing the baby, losing my mom, losing my marriage, it was just like loss on top of loss on top mm. of loss, which does actually um, have its uh, a huge impact mm. more than you Takes realize if, if you're strong, it mm -hmm. still just batters away at you. So mm -hmm. I think the pit moment for me was um, I was really in grief. If, if, I, if I had to say one thing to you, it was I was, I was grieving. Mm -hmm. It was a complete mm -hmm. loss. Um, but I had a, I had a three-year-old, four-year-old uh, son. Uh, and I had um, the rest of my life ahead of me, even though I just turned 40, which is a funny old age. Um, I, the only thing I could think was I had to get back up and go and get a job and start again, which is what mm. I did. Mm -hmm. oh, what time period was that over between the, you, the pit moment and then your miscarriage, your mom from breast cancer and then your marriage fail? And what, what time so was that over? We lost the, uh, I lost the business in 2008, about May time probably. I think it must have been about May. Um, I was pregnant then around August. So I lost the baby in September. And in September, mum was having her lumpectomy um, oh. for her breast cancer. 
Um, she actually was still with us then till 2012, but eventually she did pass of cancer. Um, and then my husband left in 2009 in the March. So they were actually quite close together, really. Oh, so yeah. yeah. And then I got my job um, in July 2009. Wow. So I went on then and got this job, which I didn't, I wasn't supposed to get because they didn't want me. I wasn't, hadn't been in the industry. It was in um, hospitality in a hotel. Um, and they didn't want me because I hadn't been in the industry. So I told the recruitment agent to call them again in a week if they hadn't got anyone and tell them mm -hmm. they needed to interview me mm -hmm. uh, because there was nothing to lose. Um, and they did. And I got the job and I was there for five years. And that's another place, I guess, where I built this sales career, which means I can do everything I'm doing today. Yeah. And it does all happen for a reason, doesn't it? But I guess just like Cheryl said, in that period of in 12 months. Yeah going through so much there must have just been days where you were just like oh really like you said had it not been for sam yeah. you've got to get up haven't you yeah. you've got you've got to keep going on and sometimes and i know jules we've spoken about this before sometimes i think when you're a strong woman it actually makes it harder because you're not breaking down and sharing with everybody and getting it off your chest you just keep taking the blows taking the blows taking the blows and then one day you're like i I feel like I got like I feel like I can't take another blow. Like I feel like my head's gonna just come off my body. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, th I think the other thing about that is that um, when you do get that chance to actually assess it all and have a breakdown and a good cry, um, you come out of the other side of it. And what's happened for me, I think, is I've got barriers up now. You know, and you and I have talked about this yeah. before. And I think whilst um, Whilst I think inside I have um, a lot more happiness than I've ever had. I'm actually, I actually like myself a lot more than I ever did. And I've achieved wonderful things. I know that it's very hard for you to now come in because of those things that have happened. And I think that's almost that next stage of recovery is being able to start letting those barriers down so that you can actually enjoy things like love, mm. things like uh, trust, you know, those, those things when they're really battered are very, very hard to build back up again. And I think that's, yeah. they're the places, if I'm really being vulnerable and honest, they're the places I think that I have the work to do now because yeah. I'm very strong. Oh, I am so, so strong. You know, don't you, you know, don't you ever question that? Cause I really am. <laughs> but actually, actually, yeah. um, you know, I've got work to do now because I think I miss out on things because I just, no, no, I'm not going to let anybody do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's very understandable yeah. given what you've gone through and what you've had to, you know, you've had to build those walls. You've had to have those scars, scars heal over the wounds so that you yeah. could keep getting up and being an amazing mom to Sam. And then, and then like you said, this, the great news is that a lot of those lessons you've taken, you didn't stay in that industry, did you? No, no. Jules, the serial entrepreneur, came out fighting. And then what did you do? Well, last year, um, April last year, which is almost two years ago soon, isn't it? Um, mm -hmm. I started my own business again Good. Know, after all that time. And I guess I always wanted to, but everybody used to say to me, you need to start the same thing again and show her how it's done. A lot of people wanted me to start up against Julie mm. Madley Baby. And that was just, that was very pointless. It wasn't the right thing. I was tired. Mm -hmm. and, and then last year I had an opportunity I'd been sort of interim contracting with corporates, you know, going in, setting up sales, uh, setting up strategy, sales strategy, doing some business stuff. And I had this opportunity and I thought, 
Oh, I've got to do this myself now. <laughs> I really have. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really want to. So I just created a business where I am. Um, ultimately, I am a sales coach. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, that means business, really, because sales is business when you think about how they're so closely linked. Yeah. But I am now the entrepreneur's sales coach um, and real dragon slayer. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Life one. Yeah. but you really teach people though don't you about because so many people especially I think female entrepreneurs and stuff as well like have this real nervousness and oh, I don't want to be salesy I don't want to be up in the face but to you it's like no it's a human conversation it's about loving yeah. sales isn't it yeah it's very much like that and I think corporates can learn a lot from this as much as entrepreneurs but I've chosen to try and work with um, predominantly entrepreneurs because I think that's where I can help the most but it's about banishing this fear you know this fear of nobody's going to want what I'm selling um, I'm going to be too expensive and I don't want to be pushy and um, it's not about that sales is actually about being you being very very much true you and I always say life skills are sales skills so when yeah. you think about the fact that you've been selling since you were practically born, quite frankly, um, so you know all of these subconscious skills that are selling. Mm -hmm. And if you, what, what I'm having to do, I think more than anything, is I'm having to unlearn. People are having to unlearn, if there's ever such a word, yeah. everything they've ever been taught about sales because that's not what sales is about. Sales mm -hmm. is about having a conversation. It's about understanding why you do what you do who your ideal client or dream clients are. Um, I don't mean how old, where they live, what marital status they are. I mean, how they feel. Where are they at when you meet them and how are you going to then help them? That's what I call my hell to heaven. Um, and, you know, it's about that. It's about understanding your why, who they are and what their why is. And when you connect those whys, for me, that's when the magic happens. That's about mm -hmm. us just really understanding how we can then help somebody. That's mm -hmm. sales. That mm -hmm. is sales. It is. And it, it sounds so easy when you describe it, isn't it? Because it's just about, <laughs> I've got something, I see you, I know that you want what I've got, so let's talk. Yeah. But you know, the other thing to think about, I always say, Donna and, and Cheryl, when you go to the pub and you meet a new friend, or if you're on a date even, you know, yeah. What happens? Do you get a bit of paper out with a load of questions on and start asking them questions in a scripted manner? No, you don't. You just... <laughs> Not if you want to see them again. <laughs> well, no, exactly. <laughs> but you subconsciously know exactly how to have a conversation with another human being. Yeah. And that's just, that's just a fact. Yeah. When we try and put it into this sales scenario, we lose all of that by bringing it into conscious. Mm. And then all of a sudden we're thinking about Everything mm. we've got to say, what have we got mm. to ask them? We stop listening. We stop asking the right questions. We stop connecting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, like you said, with a conversation, you are listening and, and, and really interested in the other person. I find a lot of the times when people are talking about sales, they go very much into their own self, into their own heads of, am I saying the right things? Am I asking the right things? Am I doing, what do I need to ask next? And they're missing the answers and the cues and everything right in front of them, right? Yeah. Exactly. And I think if you're an entrepreneur and you run a business, whatever it is that you sell, whether it's product or a service, you will know why you do it. You'll just know why you do it. It'll probably be born from passion. You'll probably have a huge expertise behind it because it's something that you've maybe done for years or something you've just trained to do. You will have that lovely knowledge and you'll have that passion. That's all mm. you need because as long as you know what you can then offer, the other part is, okay, what does that person need? 
What are they mm. feeling and how can I then help them? And it, it does, when you really simplify it all, you can see the connection. You can then talk about it on their level. So yeah. what I can do for you is, what I can do yeah. for you is, not what I do, what I can do for you is. Yeah, absolutely. And you coach people one-to-one, don't you? And you do groups, but then that wasn't enough. No. <laughs> Never <laughs> enough, is it? No. So I, um, obviously, I did a podcast, which you've mentioned, which is the human conversation. But then um, I also then went on to write a book. Um, and i know nobody i know nobody on the podcast can see this but you girls can it's beautiful and it's it's real (laughs) and it's real and when you read it it's very much written like it's you i feel like i'm having a conversation with you when you read it it's beautiful yeah uh, well that's what i wanted i wanted you to read it and feel like i was either with you coaching you or holding your hand uh, you know it had to be real because my mm-hmm. whole thing is that this is real this is about you being real so the book needed to be that way too absolutely and it's called live it love it sell it yeah it's called live it love it sell it it's about the sales road trip and very quickly the live it is the mindset bit so actually you've got to be fit to travel if you want to mm-hmm. go on the road trip Mm-hmm. And the love it is planning the route, which is all the whys that I've just talked about here in the podcast. And the sell it is taking it all out and being visible so that everybody actually then knows about you. So Fantastic. it's a journey. It's just wow. a journey. So It's amazing. So wow. proud of you. Really proud. Thank you, darling. Thank very you. Very exciting. Can, can I ask a question? Just take you back a little bit because I'm very yes. keen to um, explore a little bit. So you're at the point, like two two years coming up April where you've decided you want to set up your own business again. What, what kind of thoughts were going through your head? Did you have any fears creeping in from the last time it happened? You know, what were the lessons that you took from the last time that you used to overcome those fears? Like what was going on when you thought, right, I'm going to do it again. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great, it's a great question, isn't it? So um, just put it all in perspective. It was um, not, just over a year after I'd lost my dad. So losing mum was, was devastating. Then I had three more years with my beautiful dad and then I lost him. He had leukemia and wow. actually we were very close and it's poignant to this answer. He said to me, we had time together when he was in hospice and he said to me, you can do whatever you want to do. You do know that, you know, and since I was a child, he always said, there's no such word as can't. And it was that that made me know that when I did do this, if I did it, but I thought I would when I did do it, that actually I would just go for it. I would just know instinctively that this was the right time. This was what I wanted to do and I could do it. And so all of that fear was just not there. It just wasn't, I had nothing to lose. I genuinely Mm. felt like if all else fails, I'd go and get a job. You know, I really, really Mm -hmm. did. And so the fear bit wasn't there. The uh, lessons learned, I guess what I'm doing now, I don't really need a business partner. Mm. I don't need to have anybody who um, financially supports me. I'm going to make my own financial support. I have. Um, I think that was different. I think that felt very different. And I think I was also then doing something which was just very much about me and my passion and Mm. me just going out and and helping with um, people who were going through journeys I'd been on already. And, and so it was, it was really different scenario yeah. in terms of the business model. Um, mm. I don't have a five-year business plan. I know people think that might be quite amazing, but I don't because I absolutely trust the universe 
is going to take me where I need to go with this. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the fact I've even produced something like a book, I'm astounded. I am completely astounded um, that I've done that. And I'm very proud I have, but I, it's like, it's like somebody's guided me to do it. Um, um, it's yeah. a bit woo-woo, but... No, not at all. I think Maybe. it's doing you're a genius. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I believe that people are guiding you. So mm -hmm. it's... Cause I, for you, because you're saying, you know, you just want to kind of trust your instincts, what's the worst that can happen. But for many people who are listening to this, you know, having the guts to to do it again, especially after all of the tragedy and grieving process, many people would have played it safe, if I can use that phrase. Mm. I just thought, right, I've been there, done it before, didn't yeah. work out. I'm kind of just going to get a job. But, you know, something... There's something in you, some kind of bravery, strength, courage, whatever you want to call it, that's kind of to not even have those fears and just trust that you, that you, you know, that it's, it's all going to work out is pretty, pretty amazing. And it's, it's interesting because I don't even think I know what that is that's in me, Cheryl. I'm, I'm not really sure. Yeah. The only thing I ever know is that the people I think supporting me are definitely my mum and dad somewhere from, from somehow, mm -hmm. I, I think. Yeah, um, and I think what they've given me as a foundation from a child uh, must be something to do with how I am around this these traumatic situations. I don't think I've been through as much trauma as other people I know have. Mm -hmm. You know, I, there's always someone worse off, isn't there? That's, yeah. that's kind of how I feel. So, mm. but yeah, I'm I'm very very lucky. I'm very lucky. Well, I'm very lucky, but you 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 have you've done this it's not luck you yeah. have created this with your mindset with your confidence with your you grit know. sheer grit and determination yeah and you didn't go down the revenge thing which again is a very beautiful thing because that's yeah. just that's what a lot of people would have done you know go back and finish the job so to speak and i'm really proud of you that you took a totally different path and followed your gut instinct again yeah and my mum helped with that a lot because when she was alive when I lost the business she said you don't need to do anything because karma will prevail she said yeah. really she said don't don't waste your energy on that now just look forward and yeah and do what you need to do so of all of the of all of the experiences and all of the life lessons that you've taken on board what do you think is the one life lesson that you're going to going to be really you know embedding into Sam and what's the one takeaway you'd want the listeners from today's podcast to take away with them, Jules? That's a really hard question because you know I've probably got many more than You're one. Like, I'm really... <laughs> well, I got loads. I got loads. I mean, the first one, I must say, no such word as can't. I've got to get that one in because that's from yeah. Dad and it's absolutely true. There was apparently a debate on about it that there is such a word as can't. I don't believe that. I believe there's, I don't want to, but I do not believe I can't. I just don't. But that's, that's just me. Yeah, no. But the big one, the big, big, big one that Dad, I think, gave me really ultimately when he'd gone was... I can't change the past and I have no idea what's going to happen in the future. So the mm -hmm. place I need to absolutely live and love and learn is in the now, which mm -hmm. is here and enjoy mm -hmm. it. And like today, this enjoying every minute of talking to you girls without thinking what's for dinner or what, when yeah. Sam coming, I haven't, I've been completely in the moment with you girls and that, and that is amazing to do that. So I would recommend everyone learn how to live in the now.
I love that. What yeah. a fabulous message to end on. Yeah. Jules White, it's been an absolute pleasure and a privilege to do this today with you. And I'm excited because obviously we, we get to speak outside of this forum, but I would urge anybody that you know, wants to read or learn or improve their sales techniques in a way that will be authentic to them from somebody who absolutely knows buy Jules's book, Live It, Love It, Sell It. You can get it on Amazon or, you know, look up Jules on her website because she does events and an amazing group training or one-to-one. So, you know, fill your boots, but reach out to her and have a conversation. She'll help you understand what's the best way for you to move forward. So Jules, thank you again. I look forward to thank, you. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.